world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed on this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta what? ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Look, can two walk together lest they agree? That's what we're going to talk about here today. But before we get gone in it, listen, I'm going to try to discipline myself here this morning. Dale Sosha's wife is having a knee replacement today. Pastor Dale's wife's going in for a knee replacement. So I'm going to put Myra on the spot. Myra, you're going to pray us in, and then we're going to pray for Pastor Dale's wife. So I'm going to try to discipline myself. Her name is Michelle, by the way, knee replacement today. So Myra, go ahead. Get it going here. Hey, I'm bubbling inside. Hang in there with me. Yes, Coach, I will be delighted to. It is written on the Bible verse uh, today will be from Matthew 11, 2 through 5. Now, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and say unto him, Art thou he that shall come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Heidel, and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love, grace, and joy on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And Lord, we just lift up Michelle Sochi this morning as she cover her. Uh, guide the doctors. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper today. Lord, pray for a quick recovery. Pray for grace, peace for uh, Dale and the, and the family as they help her recover, and that she'll be bouncing around good as new. In Jesus' name, Amen, 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 Amen. And you know, I, I got amen. I got thinking I got thinking about something here. Uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Can two walk together lest they agree? Pull that up for me there. Uh, is it Spencer this morning? I didn't even look. Whoever it is out there, good morning there, Spence. Uh, pull that up there. Uh, here, here's, our, here's our problem. I've, I've been, pondering, been pondering over the last uh, several days, actually longer than that, but things begin, things, you know, the Lord allows things to come, gives you the chance to sit back and evaluate, and if you'll, if you'll listen, he really, uh, really exposed some things to you. So I was yes, yesterday, Steve Deck's here, and we've been digging trenches. Got to lay some wires. Steve's been here, been doing a wonderful job. And and uh, so we're working yesterday. We're kind of teamwork, and he's digging, and I'm running the tractor. And so I got some time just to sit there and think and trying to ruminate, figure out exactly what's going on. And uh, uh, can two walk together unless they agree? And I'm, I want to thank God today. Again, that we didn't have a red wave. <laughs> I, want to, I want to thank God. And I'm going to try to explain to you today why I think we didn't have a red wave. Okay? And uh, I'm going to speak to Glenn, uh, Glenn in particular and others, but Glenn in particular, who's on the Central Committee, uh, Angie. I think those of you who are politically active, I want to open your eyes up to something I believe the Lord's shown me. So here it is. This, this is Amos 3. So Amos Amos, yeah, yes. I've never read the book of Amos. I know. I know. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel. Anytime you hear, O children of Israel, I 
I say God's people, Christians. That's what I, that's what I believe. If we were the, if, if if it were written today, hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, Christians, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, "I love it when the word of the God comes saying, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all of your iniquities." He singles out his own people. He said, you know, I don't really have a whole lot to do with those other folk. I mean, I'm available to them. They can be saved, they, all, all that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm going to point my finger right at those of you who are carrying my name, and I'm going to punish you guys for your iniquities. Now, our iniquities are, are vast and many and under the blood. I understand that our personal sins are different from our national sins. But if you look at exactly what's going on, I'll stay right there with that scripture. We're the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its savor, it's henceforth good for nothing except to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. Stay with me here. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Just think about a marriage. You know, I met my, our marriage, Michelle and I, our marriage is so powerful, we agree. And not only do we agree, this is going to make some of you mad. We agree, I'm the decision maker. We agree on that. And the truth is, because I am the decision maker, Michelle has peace. She doesn't always agree with me. Lord knows we have those pillow talks like everybody else. But when, when it comes to the point where a decision has to be made, I know that after Michelle and I discuss it, I don't have to fight with it anymore. She understands my relationship under God in this family. She understands where she gets it. And so Michelle and I walk together because we agree. We agree. Will a lion roar in the forest when he has nothing to eat? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he hath taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where no gin is for him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall trumpet be blown in the city? And people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city? And the Lord hath not done it? Ooh, that'll shake your theology, won't it? Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. The lion hath roared. Nobody's afraid. <laughs> the Lord God has spoken. Who can who can prophesy about that? He's already, huh? So publish in the places of Ashdod and in the palaces, I'm sorry, palaces, and in the palaces of the land of Egypt, and say, assemble yourselves upon the mountains of Samaria. Who's he speaking to, by the way? To everybody? To the conservative Republicans? And behold, the great tumults in the midst thereof. He said, get everybody get up on that mountain. You look down there, and you look at what's going on in that mess. And the oppressed of those right around you, in the midst of you. For they know not to do right. You see that? Saith the Lord, who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. Why? Because they don't know to do right. There's no morality. Boom. Thus says the Lord God, <clears throat> an adversary there shall be even round about the land, and he shall bring down the strength from you, and your palaces shall be spoiled. Thus says the Lord, as a shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of America be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed in Damascus, in a couch. They're off hiding. Hear you and testify in the house of Jacob, saith the Lord God, the God of hosts, that in the day that I shall visit the transgressions of America upon him, I will also visit the altars of Bethel. And the horns of the altars shall be cut off and fall to the ground. And I will smite the winter house with the summer house. And the houses of ivory shall perish. And the great houses shall have an end saith the Lord. So we've reached a point in America where we're going to have to make a decision. 
How can we? We are living in a we're, we're living in a two nation nation. They've divided us: liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat, old. It's all about division. Everywhere we look, we live in a divided nation. And the devil, Lucifer, whatever name you want to call him, has been so active in infiltrating and exposing lies to the church that there's very little difference between the way Christians live their lives and the way secularists live their lives. Somebody say amen. Would somebody say amen for me? Amen. In fact, uh, you guys guys are a little bit different because you try to live your life like Christians, and that's why you find find it hard to to, to, uh, fit in. And so the scripture comes back again, can two walk together lest they agree? How, how does this nation remain a nation when it appears that we are 50% divided, which we're not? But that's the appearance that we have. Now, I, uh, this is going to be a, seem to be a bit self-serving. But I, uh, <clears throat> this is very, very, I'm looking at something over here. Uh, we're, at a, we're at a real crossroads, folks. Politics can't save us. Conservatism is pretend salt. And I said when I got before I got going, hey Glenn, be listening, Glenn, because Glenn, you're gonna see, and Angie, I know that you're gonna see that for the most part, folks, listen to me. We better get this. You can't make it in politics unless you receive the endorsement of the political machine. And the political I, I ran for Congress back in 2010, Coach Dave for Congress. I didn't get involved with the Republicans. I didn't go to any meetings. It, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I put cross on my hat. Coach Dave for Congress ran, and uh, uh, I believe the Republican Party actually worked against me. Why? Does anybody know why that would be? Because the Republican Party is not Christian, friends. I'm going to say that again, real slow. The Republican Party is not Christian. Amen. Amen. Could, could anybody tell me right, right right now today? That would be like, I, I don't I, talk about adultery. Can you imagine Jesus Christ being at the center of your life and not declaring that everywhere you go? Can you can you even imagine? That's why I'll never. Well, be careful. I don't want to say that. That's why a guy like me getting elected to politics and, and politics will be difficult. Because why? Because the Republican Party wants. They don't want a wildfire candidate. They want somebody they can control. And I don't Amen. know if you guys know this or not, but Mitch McConnell, who, is, who has a lot of money, the Senate fund, whatever it is, Mitch McConnell actually worked against aggressive mag candidates in this recent election. You guys know that? You know that? Yep. Because the Republican Party, Glenn, I'm talking to you, the Republican Party, would never endorse a guy like me. Never endorse me. In fact, did you know they worked against Herschel Walker? You guys know that? You know they worked against the down in down in uh, Georgia, every statewide hey Spencer, I'm going to throw you a curveball. See if you can find how much the governor of uh, Georgia won by. Maybe you can go uh, uh, every statewide elected Official Republican won statewide. Every Republican won, and they they didn't think Brian Kemp killed that Stacey Abrams, that wicked wicked witch. He killed her by eight percent. Look at those votes up there: two thousand one hundred nine, two million one hundred nine thousand, one million eight hundred nine. So he killed. Not literally, because the FBI will use that. They'll call me an insurrectionist. He destroyed her. Every statewide office won by a Republican except Herschel Walker. Do you know that? Now, Herschel Walker's in a runoff. Hey, look, I live in, I live in, in Ohio. I'm going to say a name that might be familiar to you. Archie Griffin. The only two-time Heisman Award winner in the history of college football. Went to Ohio State University. Archie Griffin was a phenom. He was the most popular guy in America back 1975, 76, probably back in there. Can you imagine? 
See, it's all about name recognition, right? Can you imagine if Archie Griffin ran for office in Ohio? He'd win! Herschel Walker is Archie Griffin! He's a hero! But he didn't get elected. He didn't get elected. All the other Republicans did, but he didn't. By the way, it's a runoff because nobody got 50%, right? Nobody got 50%. Thank God for Chase Oliver. Can I tell you why? Because Herschel talks about Jesus. Boom. Herschel talks about his own personal transformation. He had an abortion. He had mental health. He had mental illness. And Herschel Walker said Jesus Christ, using that name, changed him. And so here we have a changed a powerfully changed Christian man, probably the most famous Georgian, except the devil went down to Georgia, but the, other than the devil, the probably the most famous Georgian ever, Herschel Walker, and all the other Republicans win, and he can't win? Well, we know why, don't we? We know why. They don't want no Jesus guy in there, friends. They don't want no Jesus guy. Oh, they're happy to have conservative Republicans. Conservatives pretend so. They're happy to have those guys in office. But don't you dare. Hey, Glenn, I'm giving you fair warning. Don't you dare come in here touting Jesus and expect to get our endorsement. And by the way, Christians don't vote for Christians. That's it. Christians believe in a separation between the church and state. Is Herschel Walker a confessed sinner redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and saying so? And they vote, they vote for that phony other pastor endorsed by T.D. Jakes and T.D. Fakes and Creflo Dollar. They gave him the proper name, right? Folks, you got to see what's going on here. We, got to, we have to understand. Now, look, look. Reggie was talking about it a little bit yesterday. It's that, it's that Babylonian system. Now, here's the problem that we're dealing with. We have to operate within it. I mean, I mean, it is the governmental system of the day. But we as Christians are going to have to make a decision. Are we going to continue to play, play the fool and continue to walk? Mm, Lord, woo, I felt that one. Are you going to continue to walk alongside conservative Republicans? Don't do that. Pro-choice Republicans. Right? And I want to open your eyes to understand this, that after they cheated in the last election, we know they cheated. Republicans did nothing to stop cheating this time. You got that? <clears throat> you know why? Because they cheat too. They cheat too. And the Republicans aren't mad that the Democrats cheated. The Republicans are mad that the, Republic, that the Democrats cheated better. Somebody say amen. Amen. Uh, Boom. That's it. They beat them at their own game. Because if they really, really wanted, I don't know if you know this or not, uh, Ron DeSantis won by so much because did you know they 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 secured all their ballots that you you couldn't just you couldn't just throw in a, a Wendy's coupon and have that count as a ballot. Do you know that you can go to Ohio? I don't know where it is where you are. I can go to Ohio and vote with an electric bill. I showed up yesterday, got my ID out. Before I got my ID out, they said that uh, you can either. Uh, if you don't have an ID, you can use a, what do they call that? Uh, not an electric bill. Uh, utility yeah, it's a utility bill. Proof, yeah. Proof sure, of address. Address. Right? Right? <clears throat> can I tell you why? Because it's that Babylonian system that they want to protect. Now, here's the problem. The church doesn't get it. And I hate to do this because it's self-serving, but I'm doing this today because this was sent to me by somebody I don't even know who it was. And I opened it up and I went, what? Pull up. Uh, where is it? I'm sorry. The very first thing. News with you. <clears throat> I want you to see this. Bear with me here. I'm going to let you in here. The Bible belt is unbuckled. I thought, man, that's good. Look when this is written. Stop. November 10th. 2011. I wrote this 11 years ago today. 
And some guy emailed it to me. I don't know if he emailed it directly, but I was part of the group that he emailed it to. It says, Coach was right 11 years ago. So will you bear with me here a second? Remember, this is, this is 11 years ago, so the politics a little bit changed. No, can you believe this? November 10th. Today, what's today? Betty, what's today? 10th. November 10th. Proverbs 24 says, If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain, if you say, Behold, we knew it not. We didn't really get it, Lord. We didn't really get it. Does not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doesn't he, doesn't he, get, he knows it, doesn't he? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? The personhood amendment went down to defeat in Mississippi on Tuesday, 11 years ago. 11 years ago, trying to save babies. It would have effectively ended abortion in the state of Mississippi by amending the state constitution, declaring a child as a person from the moment of implantation. This would have granted to the preborn the same rights that born people enjoy as granted by the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Sad day in Mississippi. It's a tragic day for the unborn. It's a defining day for the lukewarm churches that populate the state of Mississippi. I spent four days last week in Gulfport doing what I could do to ensure the passage of this amendment. Those of us who journeyed there saw an issue as a bellwether on the condition of the American church. The church had a chance 11 years ago to end abortion in Mississippi. Mississippi is not only in the Bible belt, but it could be argued that it is the buckle of the belt, deep in the heart of Dixie, where people still proudly cling to their God and their guns. And if folks in God-fearing Mississippi won't step to the plate and end abortion, what hope is there anywhere else in America? That is what compelled us to go. There are over 3,700 churches in the state. We visited as many of them as we could in an attempt to alert the pastors of the great opportunity the Lord had given them to be the church. We handed out bulletin inserts for them to give to their congregations. We offered free vote for life signs for them to display on their property. We organized phone banks to call the pastors and exhort them to exhort their flocks to stand up for the babies. We knew one thing for sure. If the church showed up and voted for life, the amendment would pass by a large majority. There are specific mandates that God has given to his church. Matthew 16 tells us the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Storming the gates of hell is the charge Jesus laid specifically at the door. He can never prevail against a gate-storming church. That is his promise. Hell can never prevail. But the church has shirked the responsibility. We've passed a buck and hired mercenaries to do our dirty work. We call them pro-life Republicans, politicians, but they're surrogate salt. Oh, what a great word, coach. They are vote counters, not truth defenders. Why would we expect them to do the job the pastors will not do? It's so much easier to send another to war than to go ourselves. Somebody say amen. It's so much easier to send somebody else than to go ourselves. Amen. Voting is so much easier than fighting. I learned a lot during those four days. And if you don't mind, I'd like to share those observations with you. We have a crisis of godly leadership in the churches. Truth has fallen in the street and it cannot get up. The blind are leading the blind. And then I read Isaiah 16. Israel's watchmen are blind. They're all dumb dogs. Most pastors are building their own kingdoms. They're oblivious to the depth of evil that is flooding this nation. 11 years ago. And even those who do see it think that the Lord's powerless to do anything about it. They failed to make the connection of the impact of cultural issues are, are having in regards to the expansion of the gospel. They're either unwilling or incapable of contending for the truth. The last thing they want to do, Glenn, is rock the boat or get a candidate who will rock the boat. Controversial subjects like baby murder are not welcome in their church. They refuse to get involved in politics as if defending unborn babies is political. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's political. They've withdrawn from the battlefield. They're missing in action in the battle for truth in our, in our schools, our government, our families. All ministry outreach is really in reach. If you want to hear the gospel from most churches, you're going to have to go to them because they sure as hell aren't going to you. Somebody say amen. They're content to hide inside their stained glass fortresses where the word rules the day. Jesus exhorted his followers to go ye. Today's followers say, pastors say, come ye. Come visit our church and help our great pastor pass out candy. 11 years ago, church has become secularized. The salt of the earth has been leavened by the salt of the world. 
For the most part, people who attend church think no differently about issues than their neighbors who don't attend church. Hey, Vinny, do a boom. Do a boom. Boom. For the most part, people who attend church think no differently about their issues than their neighbors who don't go to church. For many pastors, pastoring is a job with job security, especially in tough times where more customers are in need of food. The sugary, non-offensive gospel guarantees that the pew sitters will return, pay their tithes, and keep the pastor employed. New businesses, churches, are popping up on every corner. Need a steady job? We'll start a church. Never in American history have there been more churches and less gospel than today. Vinny, boom! Boom. Go on, Vinny. Never in American history have there been more churches and less gospel. Boom! Boom. The belt of truth is the linchpin upon which the entire gospel connects. The gospel is truth. The word is truth. Jesus is truth. Not conservatism. Yet so many Christians follow lies. Pastors no longer preach the truth. Pew sitters no longer know the truth. And the nation no longer believes in the truth. Wow. The belt is busted. And our gluttonous underbelly is beginning to hang over. Spill over. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. This week, the Church of Mississippi, the buckle of the Bible belt, chose death. The ladder of leadership provides only not only a higher view, but also a higher responsibility to share what others cannot see to direct those at ground level toward the good and the safe, and to steer them from the bad and the dangerous. But today in our churches, the blind are leading the blind. Come ye, say they, I'll fetch wine, and we'll fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow shall be, as this day, and even more abundant. And by the way, the Buckeyes are doing great. The debate in Mississippi was over the personhood of the preborn child. The enemies of truth wanted to make it about rape, incest, Birth control. As planned predators use smoke and mirrors to deceive the people, the watchmen were incapable of seeing the truth for themselves. What would Jesus do? Would would Jesus vote no on granting life to unborn children because he feared women would not have the right to birth control? Would Jesus support the killing of unborn children because their daddy was a rapist? Would killing the child erase the memory of that rape. Most Americans, most American Christians think like the secular world. They don't have the mind of Christ. As a football coach, I've often heard experts say that you can tell a lot about a football coach by watching the way his team plays. Watching the way most churches play tells me volumes about the weenie in the pulpit. The buckle of the Bible belt is broken. The problem's being exposed. Maybe that is why more and more pastors are turning in their pants for skirts. Skirts don't require belts. Bible belts unbuckled. Boom. Boom. 11 years ago today. It's pretty staggering from my point of view. Powerful. Because why? Thanks, Betty. I didn't play it because it's powerful. I played it because this is the problem. This is the problem. Hey, Glenn, I hate to call you Angie. You're going to find out deeply that those Republicans don't want strong Christians. And they're also going to tell you that if you run, don't, uh, don't put your Christianity out front. Don't you dare run with a cross on your hat. And when I ran in 2010, and the Republican Party did everything they could to undermine me, I heard from more and more people, Coach, you shouldn't wear the cross hat. Huh? Huh? That's conservatism. You get it? Coach, you win with concern. You you win with pretend salt. And you look across America. Look across the election spectrum in America. Are powerful, strong, open Christian men and women running or are conservatives running? Coach, that, that that is true. I I didn't get in. I didn't 
run the, for a spot on the central committee. Okay, to, to get into politics, that was not I get my it. Choice. I get it. And I, you know, I, I'm getting ready to submit a resolution. Okay, to stand up for righteousness uh, on behalf of the children. Uh, you know, I've already had a conversation with the, the the chair, the chairman, chairwoman. Okay, of the who calls herself a Christian, and I don't really know her very well. But I let her know where I stand, and and uh, you know I, I'm not going to make any friends. But hey, no, they're gonna hate I didn't Glenn, know they're anybody hate when you. I came to Ohio anyway. They're going to okay, hate so you. So what, what? What do I care what they think? And, and, Angie, I know Angie, you're out there. Angie, what, yeah. what do you see it, Angie? See, because listen, they tell us religion and politics don't mix, and then they give us fake salt, and we don't win with fake salt. That's exactly right. You, you're very spot on, Coach. And I, and I am not involved in, in the doing my civic duty because um, I, I think that I can play nice in their sandbox, right? I'm right. involved. I, I tell everybody we infiltrate to dominate. Okay. And Amen. The more, Christians, the more Christians like Glenn that I can get into certain key positions where he can have a voice and influence, and I promise you. Glenn's voice is an influence. So I, that's why I tell everybody we infiltrate to dominate. And unless we're not there, then there is absolutely no hope. But at least Amen. we've got people in positions that can be a voice for the cross and can be a voice for the kingdom, then that is an, at least an opportunity to shed the light. And maybe maybe we can draw out more people who claim to be Christians and we mm. can figure out if they really are by their actions. Amen. Okay, so let me show you something here. Hang on, Mike. I'll be right there. Mario, hang on there a second. Pull up for me. Uh, uh, where is it? I want to make sure I give you the right thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, need clear message. Need clear. Pull that up for me. I watched. The, I watched this this morning, folks. This is what you're up against. Okay. Listen. 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 If you think Fox News is a Christian channel, I don't even know what to tell you. I don't even know what to tell you. So here, <coughs> are you ready? Fox News watchers, go scrolling down. Mark Thiessen, I don't know who he is. But wait a minute, wait a minute, let me ask you something. How come this guy gets to sit on there, not me? Who is this guy? Anybody know who this guy is? Mark Thiessen. Anybody know what makes him an expert and why he gets to sit on the Fox News panel? Anybody know? Hmm? Hmm? Uh, He's a pedophile. Hey, hey, put put Coach Dave in there. Hey, would somebody put Coach Dave on that panel? No, hell no. Oh, no, 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 no. Because why? Fox News is promoting pretend salt. In fact, very, very slight salt. Just kind of remnant salt. They don't want real salt, right? So Mark Thiessen, their expert, is about to explain to you why the Republicans lost. Are you ready? Here we go. Just think by the way, this. by the way, I'm sorry. The Republicans didn't lose. Why it wasn't a red wave? Look, folks, there's never been worse conditions in an election, financially, everywhere. Never been worse. And conservatism doesn't sell. Now, we know they cheated. Okay, we know they cheated. But see, they cheated because the Republicans don't give a damn that they cheated. Because if the Republicans gave a damn that they cheated, they would have done something after the last election. They don't care. They It's controlled opposition. I'm sorry. If you think voting Republican, if you think voting conservative, phony, salt, Christianity is going to do. If we continue to deny Jesus Christ as the only hope, if our, if our elected officials do not run on bold Christian stances. See, they don't care if Brian Kemp gets elected in Georgia. They sure as hell don't want a Christian Herschel Walker in there. Get it? Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Republican Party. Are you? Oh, I want to swear so bad. Hmm. Oh, I'm all over today. <laughs> hey, Spencer, put that. They want that, uh, that news reviews things in the chat. Okay, here it is. So uh, Lurch, a freaking Frankenstein, wins in Pennsylvania, which he didn't. We know he didn't. Come on. Come on. 
He wins in Pennsylvania. And this guy's going to tell us how, why he won. You ready? Here you go. Go ahead. Uh, we'll this welcome ex- back, uh, Martison and Harold Ford Jr. to the panel. Uh, we talked a lot about debates and when some candidates did debates and some didn't do them. Had the October 25th debate been September 30th, would this race have changed? Mm. Mark? I, I think it might have or maybe it wouldn't have. I mean, I think there's a broader issue here, which mm-hmm. is that, so think about this. We have the worst inflation in four decades, the worst collapse in real wages in 40 years, the worst crime wave since the 1990s, the worst border crisis in U.S. history. We have Joe Biden, who is the least popular president since Harry Truman, since presidential polling happened, and there wasn't a red wave. That is a searing indictment of the Republican Party. That is a searing indictment of the message that we have been sending to the voters. They looked at all of that and said, and looked at the Republican alternative and said, no, thanks. That is, that is a re- the Republican Party needs to do a really deep introspection look in the mirror right now, because this is, this is an absolute disaster for the Republican Party, and we need to turn back. We need to start, we need to look at who won today. Ron DeSantis, DeWine, uh, the, these, these governors, Kemp. Kemp. Abbott. Abbott, you know, look at these governors. This is the path to the future. At electing these, 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 uh, you know, these these radical candidates who who ran far behind them has put the Republican Party in a terrible position. And voters have left an indi- have have indicted the Republican Party. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click he, here. He, he has an exactly opposite, folks. Exactly opposite. The Republicans didn't win. If they, they did. But if they didn't win, it wasn't because they weren't uh, too, because they were too aggressive. It was because they weren't aggressive enough. And what's he tell us, Mike Dewine? Did you know <laughs> Michael Dewine in Ohio got more votes than any other elected official? And Michael Dewine is one of the first guys who started the lockdowns. Gag me. Insanity. Absolute insanity. Absolute insanity. Why? The churches. Christians aren't Christians. I'm sorry. Christians are conservatives. They're not Christians. And Almighty God is not going to smile upon conservatism. Boom. And that's what we're that's what we're feeding them. And then you get experts like Mark Thiessen to come on and say we need more DeWines. <laughs> he got booed off the stage at the Trump rally. Got booed off the stage at the Trump rally. No wonder they didn't want Neil Peterson. You saw what happened with Neil Peterson, didn't you? Pastor Neil Peterson, my God, they kicked him to the curb as fast as they could because they want phony conservatives. They want pretend salt. They don't want the real thing. <laughs> so, folks, <clears throat> well, I'm cleaning out my chest today. So it's pretend salt. They've sold, percent, they've sold pretend salt in the church. And so that the people in the church don't really see anything differently than the people who aren't in the church. Are you with me? Are you with me? Now, we know there's all kinds of cheating going on. And like I said, if the Republicans were really concerned about it, they would have changed the system so that there wouldn't be any cheating. But they didn't do that because why? Republicans cheat too. That's how they stay in office. Oh, I got more. I'll go catch my breath. Come on in, Mike. Coach, you're giving me information overload today. Yeah. It's all true. I voted for Mike DeWine with uh, one one hand on the pen and one hand on my nose. Yeah. Yeah. But the John Birch, but the John Birch Society yesterday had an excellent article about exactly what we're talking about here. Why things happened as they did. That's why I keep encouraging people to you don't have to join the John Birch Society to get their their email. But to, and that's you know what I'm saying is that Here's what I'm saying, Mike. Here's what I'm saying. God bless the John Birch Society. We need to infiltrate the church. We need to to have a political overthrow. We don't need to overthrow Washington, D.C. We need to overthrow the pulpit. That's what we need to do. 
And, and we need to look at that hard, and we need to really, really, really begin to go and put pressure upon those guys, those guys who are feeding us phony salt. They're giving us phony salt. We're letting them get away with it. Paul, come on in. Hey, Coach, I'm staying in my lane. So has anybody ever heard of Redmond Salt from Utah? That's the salt everybody here should be using. It's unadulterated, yep. unprocessed salt. Then you've we got – Usual salt that's very processed, and they have to add iodine. Redmond salt has all the micronutrients and minerals in it. So your analogy here is absolutely perfect. It's the, the very small percentage of the truth that is the thing that it's such a demonic point, but you, it's a beautiful analogy. Yes, sir. Fake salt. They, they iodize the salt. The salt that they give us on the, the table salt isn't even good salt. They've even, they've even changed that, right? 11 years ago, I was saying what the problem was. Angie, then Timothy. One of the things I, I discovered very early on in my political activity world um, was that when I went to the Republican Party to do the get-out-the-vote stuff and I did the voter – uh, phone calls and the uh, walking and all that kind of stuff. I overheard conversations in the office that they were talking about how they would not run certain key positions in Ohio against Democrats so that the Democrats wouldn't run key positions in Ohio so the Republicans could win them. And so that's how I began to really see how corrupt that whole system was. And when you say they cheat, they absolutely do. You know, they, they won't run good characters or good person, people with good character into the position um, just so that Democrats can have their, their little strongholds wherever they want, as long as they can keep their stronghold where they want. I mean, it, it is absolutely all a game in, in, in how they so play. Here, Angie, here's, here's what happens. Angie, God bless you, dear. Here's what happens, folks. So here's the, let's, here's the Democrats, let's say, okay? So they move the state. They say, remember this? <clears throat> they wanted to legalize, uh, uh, they wanted to legalize homosexuality. And they, so they're clear over here trying to legalize homosexuality. And what happens, to, what happens to our team? Why? We move right over beside it. So, oh, no, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. And then they legalize homosexuality. So, oh, we're going we're gonna to do transgenderism with your kids. They go, clear. we're going to do transgenderism. And we move over and say, oh, no, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. And see, we stay just right of them, just right as, of the left. As the left continues to move farther left, we move farther and farther left, right? Because we don't want to upset anybody. We don't want to discourage anybody. They constantly, they, they move. They say, we want men to be able to marry men. And what's the, what does the left, what does the right do? Stay with me. We want men to be able to marry men. No, 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 no. So we, we come in, we compromise. Okay, well, listen, we'll give you homosexual rights, but we're not giving you marriage. And look how far we moved. And they do Over that, and do that, and do that. And, and then, what, then what do they tell you? Then they tell you that a guy like me cannot get elected because he's too radical. When's the last time that you ever heard them say, we can't put that guy up, he's too moderate? You never hear that, do you? You never the hear The Overton that. window, right? Mm. The Overton window principle, absolutely. And you know absolutely. who doesn't get it? Our pastors don't get it. Our pastors don't get it. And so that's why we have a confused, my pastors prophesy lies, and the people like it that way. Tim Parker, come on in. I guess it was uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Conservatism makes sure that correction never occurs. It's like, if that's not real, I don't know what to say. And Del Tackett, years ago with the Truth Project, said less than 9% of church people, people who profess Christ as Savior, have a Christian worldview. That's right. It's hard to believe that people without the mind of Christ are redeemed people. Well, it tells us, it tells us uh, in Second Thessalonians, right? Second Thessalonians, that because they reject, see if you can find that, Second Thessalonians. <clears throat> this will be a good scripture for the day. <clears throat> I'll, I'll wait for you. There it is. Um, keep going. Uh, no, keep going. Um, uh, no, That's, I said Second Thessalonians, didn't I? You got first up there. No, you got it up. What? Not Second Thessalonians. Does anybody know where it is? 
that we've because we've rejected the truth, the Lord Himself sent a strong delusion. They believe they a lie. Second, one. No, no, it's Second Thessalonians. It's uh, Second Thessalonians. I'll get it right here. Hang on. So it's fourteen. Get my Bible working here for me. Uh, chapter two, um, verse four. Chapter two, Second Thessalonians, chapter two. Here's here's here we are. <clears throat> go to go to verse one. Start at the bottom. Uh, now uh, we beseech you, brothers, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, by our gathering together on Him, that you soon, uh, that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by the word nor by the letter from us, as that day of Christ is at hand, imminent. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that the men of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposes, exalts himself above all that is God called God, or that is worship, so that he sits as God sitteth in the temple, showing himself to be God. Remember you not that when I was with you, I told you this. And now you, now ye know who withholdeth that he might be revealed in this time. For the mystery of iniquity is already at work. And then... Uh, only he who will now let us will let until he be taken out of the way. And then the wicked, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, even him whose comings after the word of Satan, all signs and all lying wonders, deceitful of righteousness, deceivableness of unrighteousness. Think about that, those two words. The deceivableness of unrighteousness. And then that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, 11, okay? What cause? What cause? Well, you got to go back to verse 10. And for this cause, God shall send strong delusion that they believe a lie. For what cause? Uh, with all deceit. And then that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Because they didn't receive the love of the truth, God sends a strong delusion that they would believe a lie. It's judgment of God, folks. What we're looking at is judgment of God, particularly in the church that they might all be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The Lord is telling us that when men fall away from the truth, this is the judgment that comes upon them. And that's what we're dealing with. And you go to church and your pastor tells you how good things are. How good you are. And if you just say this prayer, just uh, and if you get a flag and dance around with the flag, and if you pray in tongues, and it's all going to be okay. Hey, folks, I don't care, dudes. If we continue to buy into pretend salt. If we continue to sell conservatism as a solution to our problems, we will never win because conservatism is constantly moving left. Constantly moving left. Conservatism. Conservatism. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? What What if uh, we got, had a, a, a bevy of, of candidates who ran saying, hey, listen, we're going to criminalize we're going to criminalize drag queen story hour. You th- hey, hey, Glenn, how many people on your Republican Central Committee would be in, would endorse that candidate? Oh no! Oh no! 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 What if what if we ran? What if we ran some candidates? Hey, we're going to restore marriage as between a man and a woman only. Oh, Glenn, would would he get the endorsement of the Central Committee? What do you think, Angie? Would they get the endorsement of the Central Committee? Uh-huh. No, no, no. 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 No, they they've sold us a lie, folks. They've sold us a lie. And the only God, I'm going to, this is a word from the Lord. He will not bless conservatism. He won't do it. He won't do it. He won't do it. And our Christian leaders do not run as Christians. They don't run as Christians. They run as conservatives. Because why? Guys like Mark Thiessen tell them that's how you win. Stay right in that middle. Don't make waves. You get elected. You stay right in the middle. And you'll be a congressman forever. Just stay right there in that middle. And we watch the left and left and left. Uh, Somebody help me out here. Is it just me or is the left getting more and more radical? Are they getting more and more radical? Didn't I just see who sent it to me today? Somebody sent me, uh, I'll I'll see if I can find, bear with me a second. Hang on. Somebody texted me this morning. Jeff Nairs texted me this morning. Let me pull this up. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this, folks? In Montana, in Montana, there was a, a born alive bill, born alive bill on the ballot in Montana. And the born alive bill said this, if a baby 
is alive after a botched abortion. The baby is alive after an abortion. The doctor must do everything he can to save the life. They put that on the ballot. It lost. It lost. Are you hearing me? It lost. In other words, the people of Montana said, no, if it's an abortion, well, then if that baby's born alive, well, it ought to be dead. That's conservatism for you. That's, that's the garbage that they're feeding us. Come on in, Myra. God. Coach, I am in agreement with you in regard to not getting the right wave. Uh, however, um, we always wait upon the Lord. Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Can I tell you why? Because we don't understand the word wait. Wait on the Lord. Is that what it says, Myra? Wait on him? Yes, which is an action. Myra, what what about if we put on there instead of wait on the Lord? Because I took Steve Deck. Steve and I went to uh, ate lunch yesterday. took him to a real fancy place. And we had a waiter. We had, we had an action wait. He came, I'm sorry, she came to uh, drink, came back, and then she brought us a meal, and then she went back. She waited on us. But we think wait means to sit there and not do a damn thing. Boom. Wait means to the Lord. Amen. Read that again, Myra. Read that again, Myra, and put in serve where it says wait. Go ahead, I'll listen. Boom. Okay, so let me read it. Wait on the Lord. No, no, no. Serve, no. serve on the Lord. And that's what I say. It's an action. Serve on the Lord. But it says, wait, you're absolutely right, coach. Serve on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thy heart. What, serve, I say, on the Lord. Hallelujah. Ooh. You see the difference, folks? You can't just sit and wait. Uh, Steve Deck, when he came yesterday, because we're doing some repairs over there, Steve Deck told me he gave me he gave me all kinds of warning. Hey, coach, you need to go get this. You need to go get this. You need to go get this because when I come, I need these things in order to to work. So I've been working over the last three days, going and I've, I've been waiting on Steve Deck. I've, I've been, been going and getting the things yeah. he needed so that when he showed up, it was all there and he could do it. Boom! That's so- and we want to wait on the Lord rather than serve the Lord. Because when you serve the Lord, he shows up and he gives you a big tip. Amen. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just want to scream. Say, Coach, just relax. The Lord's in control. <laughs> I was in control of the football game. But if my quarterback sat on the ground instead of took the snap. We weren't, we weren't, <laughs> we weren't, we weren't going to do anything. <laughs> he had to run a play. He had to do what I told him to do. <laughs> I, I just, for the life of me, I, I, for the life of me, I can't get it. We need an absolute, unbelievable transformation in the church. That's what we need. Go ahead, Mike. Coach, uh, in 2009, I got on a on an on newswithviews.com. <laughs> you were on there, and guess who else was on there? Pastor who? Chuck Baldwin. Yeah. And I used to get his emails all the time until he one day he came out and said that George Soros, I mean Donald Trump was worse than George Soros. That's when I dumped it and I haven't heard it since. But I remember you in 2011. I read I used to read that every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Chuck Baldwin got in trouble because he came against dispensationalists. He believed in the rapture and all that stuff his whole life, and then he had a transformation, began to write about it, and they kabooted, they kabooted him. Gene, come on in. Yes, I like what you're saying. You know, I hear all the time at my church, oh, God is in control. God is in control. Yeah. But 
Did Jesus feed the 5,000? No, no. No, he gave it to the disciples to distribute it. He blessed it and multiplied it, but he gave it to the disciples. Yeah, the waiters took it out. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm I'm sitting, if I'm a football coach and they say Coach Dave is in control, man, you watch his teams, Coach Dave's in control. Uh, Does that mean I'm running the plays? I go out there and run the plays and do everything? Does the team team just sit there? Or do I give them a command and they do it? You judge a team by the coach. What must Jesus Christ think looking down at his team? What must he think? If it was possible, he'd probably fire himself. I don't know. I don't know if he's able to do it. But he ought to fire the guys he handed the job off to. His mid managers. He ought to fire every damn one of them. Randy, come on in. So, Coach, the question is: Has the church really occupied, or have they just been here in name only? I say they've been here in name only, Coach. I'll say why: because occupation. You can have you you can only conquer through occupation. So who has conquered who? The church hasn't conquered. The kingdom of God is not conquering right now, coach. So they're not really even occupying. They're they're absent. That's why you know, we that's why we feel the way we feel because right. we want to see the church occupy and and we can't do it with a fake system, Coach. you got to get out of that fake system. You're, you're not occupying, folks. Hey, folks, I hate to tell you this. The Babylonian system has swallowed up most of American Christianity. hate to tell you. That would be the truth. Julie, come on in. Good morning. Great show, Coach. Um, I come to mind waiting upon the Lord. It, like, we're waiting for his instructions to go do something. No, he's waiting on us to go do something. We got it exactly backwards. He's ordered the meal. He's waiting for us to get to bring it. We're waiting on him to order. He's already ordered. In fact, he's probably sitting there said, if you don't get my food here in a hurry, I'm not going to tip you. Boom. Roger. Yeah, when I was going out on outreach, I'd go knock on doors and talk to people. I was waiting on the Lord when I went because I'd go out and, and, and as I would go places, I'd knock on a door and I'd find that the Lord had me to go there at the time, you know, but I was waiting, busy doing it. And then waiting on him to show me uh, open doors for me to go when I went out, you know? So in other words, as me, I put on my football uniform I step outside the door and ask him, who you want me to go block, Lord? I don't sit in my house and wonder if I ought to put on a uniform. Lord, Lord, please go tackle that guy for me, Lord. Would you, Lord, would you please go tackle him for me? What the hell's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? Brett. Hey, being Somebody a waiter is one of the toughest on. jobs you'll ever find. Next time you go to a restaurant, notice the good waiters. They're moving nonstop. They're, they're picking up the other tables. They're picking up the slackers. It is the toughest job in the world. Thank you for sharing that. The locker room was booming today, Coach. See it was you, booming. This weekend. And you know what's going on, Brett? We are sitting at the table waiting for the Lord to serve us. Abomination. Boom. Hmm. Abomination. It's abomination. Hey, you may not believe this. I'm so excited because the Lord's about to do something, boys. <laughs> and you know what he's going to do? He's going to do it through his players. He's going to do it through those who are waiting upon. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. What looks to be defeat. By the way, it wasn't defeat. The Republicans, what that means, are going to control the House. If Herschel Walker wins... They'll control the Senate. So there was a victory there. But look, it's pretend salt. It's pretend salt, folks. It's pretend salt. Somebody asked me, somebody answer me this. Somebody out there help me. Raphael Warnock. Vinny, help me out here. You're a, you're a black expert. Get Paul in here. I'll get our token blacks in here. Hey, Vinny, help me, help me out here. He had two black men running against each other. Two black men running against each other. 
Why won't they vote for the conservative black man, Vinny? Can you help me out with that? Why are they choosing to vote for the Democrat black guy rather than the Republican black guy? Do you have an answer for that, Ben? Paul, anybody? Well, I don't have an answer. I'd say that he stole it, but I'd like, I'd, like, uh, I'd like to hear what Paul would say. Paul, what, well, would, you say? what would you say, Paul? Well, if you, if you look at uh, the churches, quote, unquote, you had major black pastors supporting these communists, you know, like yep. Jake supported uh, – Beta, beta. I mean, uh, Beta O'Rourke, and then you had a uh, couple of dollars supporting Stacey Abrams. Unbelievable! And a lot of black people listen to these people, and unfortunately, it's they, like it's like Herschel isn't even black, right? It's like Herschel isn't even black. <laughs> the thing about Herschel is this: two things. Number one, if you noticed in the results of that election, you saw that the Libertarian had two percent of the vote. Yeah. Now, sometimes what happens? It may be Glenn and and Angie can reiterate this sometimes the republicans will run another candidate because they don't want this guy to win hey uh-huh. and so that's why that's sometimes because that guy got 2.8 percent of the vote i think where in georgia you have to have 50 percent of the vote yep yep so and so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens if the republicans are going to support him or not and you know I, you hear herschel talk and he has he had a speech impediment when he was when he was growing up. He's a country boy. He has a little twang, and so think, oh, he's stupid. Yeah. That's that's exactly what what they did. So you know, hey Paul, he wasn't a perfect candidate, but he was he was. Paul, could there, could there be a more could there be a more huh? famous black guy in Georgia than Herschel Walker? <laughs> and and why they would vote for this phony Pat? I, I got to run. Yeah, hey, listen, it's. it's I've been singing well, this. There's song. a lot of cheating going on too, there, Coach. I mean, the, the governor Kemp, he was, he was not really. He was kind of supporting the Dominion voting machine thing, all that when the 2020 yeah. election happened. So yeah. he's yeah. kind of not really all there either. So I don't know. The buckle, hey, the buckle of the Bible Belt is broken, and we got to restore it. See you tomorrow.